We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside Chris Scott Moore and the Nasty Boy, Sean Nash. It's like I can never come up with a nickname for Chris. What's going on, boys? What's happening? Hey. hey. Well, uh, it's been a week without football, but there was an elimination chamber uh, this past week. I know you boys watched that. I uh, found literally anything else to do. Uh, looking forward to talking through that with you guys, though. Uh, please remember to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a five-star review to help out the show. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. If you have a question you want us to discuss on the show, feel free to add it to one of the comments section. Tag us on Twitter or reach out to us via our website. We'll discuss whatever it is that you want to talk about on the show next week. And last but not least, please visit the website WrestlingElitist.com to check out our latest match ratings and latest articles. Chris, I know you posted a a couple of things this week. Do you want to tell the people what you got? Yeah, I, was, I had a hot hand. So we have uh, match <laughs> ratings that are up there from last week, uh, match ratings and analysis on Elimination Chamber. Uh, in the five-star match section, we look back on Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin from No Way Out 2001. And last but certainly not least, a spirited article called The Ballad of Cody Rhodes, where we look back on some of the uh, highs and tremendous lows in 2021 of Cody Rhodes and uh, wrap up his run quite nicely. And we're going to talk a lot about Cody today, hopefully for the last time in a while though, that we talk about him. Indeed, we will. Uh, we'll probably kind of mess with the format a little bit today based on that news. But Sean, why don't you tell the people what kind of the normal format is? and We'll go from there. Yes, we give you our match of the week, moment of the week, news item, news item of the week, cringeworthy item of the week, and what we're looking forward to coming up. But this week, obviously, the news has to come first and foremost. Indeed, it does. We talked a few weeks ago about how sometimes this show just writes itself. And yeah. I think the news section this week especially did. And it's not even just one thing. This felt like the longest week between uh, kind of taping episodes because of how many things happened. I think obviously the big elephant in the room is Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW. There's rumors of him going to WWE. Uh, I want to get into that, but I think I just want to really quick shout out the fact that other people called this out. This isn't my own original thought, but how crazy is it that in 2022, the news of the week wasn't the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin might be returning to WWE for one last match. Cody Rhodes actually trumped that. I think yeah. that's kind of a wild thought that I never would have imagined back when he wrote that uh, that wish list of people he wanted to wrestle back in 2016 or whatever it was when he left. So let's go back, switch gears into Cody Rhodes, though. The news that he has not re-signed with, the, uh, with All Elite Wrestling, and they also didn't even extend his option, which all of the EVPs had options. You know, if you listen to Kenny Omega's interview he had this week, he kind of made yes. it sound like they knew that he wasn't happy and they just didn't want to force him to be here if he wasn't going to be happy. So that's kind of an interesting piece to it. But first, I want to hear from you guys. Just Chris, what were your thoughts when you first saw the news? What are your thoughts just about it in general? And then we'll kind of dive deeper after that. Yeah, I think we'll split it up in two parts here. We'll talk about just the initial reaction, then what we think are the next steps. So just initial reaction. I was quasi surprised. Like I wasn't shocked because um, 
you know, there was always a chance that he was going to become a free agent and go off and do his own thing um, based on his contract status. I think it was very telling in what Kenny did and did not say. Um, from the gist of his interview, you got the sensation that they just weren't talking. I know there were rumors about the EVPs not getting along, and maybe this is just what was read into it. I mean, he made a comment like, I didn't really understand what his idea of, of, of the revolution was. And they weren't on the same page of what a different product looked like. And he said as much and that they didn't have a conversation about it, which is very telling and shocking that you would be that way. And then also, too, just he didn't know where uh, where Cody's head was at in terms of what his next steps were and why he was leaving. Um, different scenario, but just on a personal level, like when I left my old place, I was very clear why I was leaving. And I told them and I was very explicit in why I was going because that chapter of my life was over and I was closing the door on it and they needed to know why I was going off to greener pastures. And you would think the same thing would happen here. doesn't mean that you burn bridges like I did, but you could still like just kind of talk about like, hey, this is where my head's at just so they know. Um, yeah, you don't have to really like, like you don't have to share that. And it wasn't that Kenny was parsing his words and like, well, you know, I don't want to talk about a school. He just seemed to genuinely not know. Now that could be many things. Maybe they just were totally on a different island. It was also kind of telling too that like he called it the Codyverse and referred to it as such. And he even made a comment too along the lines of, um, I didn't know how to follow his idea of what wrestling was and I didn't have an intention to do so. Very odd. Like it was like an, it, it wasn't a dig per se, but it was just like, wow, these guys have so many different visions. And I don't think they communicated obviously clearly what those different versions were. It was very uh, telling and very telling that they didn't renew his option. Um, I'll have other things to say too, though, but I want to hear what you guys have to say as well, too. So, Sean, what was on your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the whole world almost felt that this was a work to start. Just the news came almost out of nowhere. There was some slight belief in hearing the news that he was working without a contract. We were going to go this way, but just crazy that someone who basically started AEW with his intention of all out is now just gone. Um, <clears throat> I just kind of actually just fully shocked really. Um, but this is kind of what he did before he bet on himself to do all out. So he's going to bet on himself on his way out. He's, if he's not going to get what he wants in AEW anymore, he's he's on his way to his new and next best thing. Uh, it's weird that you mentioned the the maybe the fighting or the not good natured uh, bullet club anymore of those guys. It just who knows with what's going on in the background of that. And I hope the best for him, but I'm actually very glad to see him off TV. The only hope I have is that they trademark brandy's banger of a, a a song because keep that around get yeah, rid of her take do not let her take that with her yeah uh it's good luck to him but i'm not sad to see him go i i felt like when i when i read the news obviously the first thought is work uh you know everybody's gonna have that but obviously we knew that this was happening he had the promo right before the cleveland show that we saw him at and so you know that there was there was something to it, but I uh, I definitely didn't think that he would leave. I, I thought of, I thought ultimately he was going to stay, and I, I appreciate the way that he went out 
somebody else pointed out too that his two best matches were his first and his last match with AEW. So his match with Dustin and then his match with Sammy. And I would I would agree with that that sentiment there. But overall, for me, the the shock was around the fact that you know he was kind of the guy who talked about this being a revolution. He's the guy who really seemed bitter with the WWE, whereas the Bucks and Kenny, I think, felt more like they just thought that they could do something outside of that and they could control their own destiny. Whereas I thought Cody had some kind of genuine like vitriol towards WWE. Of course, he would always be a little bit uh, kind of diplomatic in things that he would say, but he did even straight up say one time that he didn't think that he would ever be allowed back in WWE, essentially. Which, if you know anything about the stories of Vince McMahon, that's kind of the best way to get him to want to give you money again is to say that you can exactly. never go there again. So, yep. Yep. so there, there was even some working there. I talked to you guys about this where, look, I, I get that wrestling is, is fake. And honestly, I'm not really overly sad that Cody is gone. But what we've had from Cody since 2017, 2018, 2019 that led to AEW since AEW started has been built upon this idea that there should be another brand of wrestling and there should be, you know, the fans should be listened to and he's leaving. If we, if we're to believe the reasonings and everything like that, he's leaving because he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. And so he's kind of taking the ball and going home. It's that, it's that old adage where it's like, well, if I can't have it my way, then I don't want it. And I think that that's a little bit, it just makes everything that he said feel meaningless now because yeah, it was never about the fans. It was never about providing an alternative. It was about Cody Rhodes the entire time, uh, which ironically he wanted to be a heel this or didn't want to be a heel, but that's kind of like the most heelish thing I can think of as his reasoning for leaving. You know what? If he's going to be happier elsewhere, that's, that's awesome. But I can't see being happier in WWE. If you think that you're too restricted in AEW, I cannot imagine going to WWE. Maybe his opinion is, let me just go get, let me get, 2x the money and then be miserable if i'm going to be miserable either way that's kind of the way that i think that he must be thinking about it if he is indeed going to wwe um and then just one last kind of thought is about that whole cody verse that's what's been going through my mind the whole time is even kenny acknowledged the cody verse and it did feel like his show didn't exist within the rest of dynamite or you know his his segments (laughs) never felt like they were quite the same thing and that's even why it felt weird, I think, that Dan Lambert would have two segments. He would have a segment where he was with Lance Archer and doing that stuff, or Men of the Year, but then he's also having a segment against Brandy lately and everything like that. It's almost like they just don't acknowledge that the other segment happened because it, it's just a different world. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for the fact that Cody was involved in the start of AEW. I think that he was the voice that they needed to have. But moving forward, I don't know that he was a voice that needed to even be there. And I, I said this to you guys as well. I think this is a if if he's going to WWE, this is a bigger get for WWE than it is a loss for AEW. Yeah, we'll talk about the future in a minute. I just don't want to shit on him for what he did at the last part of his run. So let's go back to that. Uh, <laughs> um the Cody verse thing that was very telling too, because Kenny mentioned it wasn't money and he truly believed in his comments on the observer that it wasn't money. It was creative control. That was the impression. Um, you'd think he had creative control with what he was doing. And if he didn't have creative control, why would you choose this character 
this past six months. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> and it's a blessing for us, I think, as fans, because I couldn't imagine what the rest of the product would have been if he expanded the Cody verse. Shit would have gotten weird and bad and not listening and going back on everything that he quote said he was all about. Now, we don't know what he's thinking because he hasn't said anything and he's not going to say anything for a while. He's broken up. It's, you know, give him time. He's not going to say shit. But Alex, you wanted to say something. Yeah, just on that that note, think about all the bad things that were going on at the beginning of AEW, starting with the Nightmare Collective with Brandy and them just like cutting people's hair and then Luther all of a sudden being a part of their group and all of that. That was a Cody and Brandy thing. You can pretty much guarantee that. The uh, the stuff with the Dark Order was really bad until Tony kind of took over too. Like there was a lot of things that people were rejecting early on. People were rejecting Britt Baker. I don't know that that was that that's Cody's yeah. fault or anything like that. But the point remains that once Tony was taking over the booking on things, people that were being rejected were either you know they turned it around, figured it out, or they kind of got taken off TV and they. They kind of were like, this just isn't working. Same thing with the librarians that those kind of got dropped and everything like that. Cody's got that same stubbornness in booking from, from my perspective that, that Vince has, where it's like, no, this is what I want to do. So this is what we're doing. This is, this is about me type of a thing. The fans don't know what they want. And that, that stubbornness it's, I would be miserable if, if, if what, what they were showing with the nightmare collective and all of that stuff was what AEW was today. And my options were AEW or WWE. And, you know, knowing that um, with right now with New Japan, there's not really like fully, in, you know, like with all the f- people being out of the country and everything like that still, it would be a hard time to be a wrestling fan right now. So, yeah. Um, and the last thing, too, I wanted to bring up before we go into the future. So you mentioned, too, his option not being renewed. And that was also very telling, the fact that, um they didn't even want to offer it. And I think maybe he just, and, and I put this in my article uh, at wrestlinglatest.com uh, that I, my thought on this is that Tony Khan just realized, okay, you fulfilled what we needed to get out of you from the beginning. You were part of the nucleus to make this thing happen. We got you here to create it, but you outlived your usefulness. And if this is who you are now, we don't need it because it's not as valuable as the rest of these new guys that we're bringing on. And we don't need you anymore. Um, so you can come here and take less money, but you're not going to get what you want. And I don't know. And again, this is the part that's all speculation. Like you don't know what the fuck is going on on that part and how they officially kind of broke up. But um, just so many things that didn't get paid off that you knew weren't going to get paid off creatively. And I think that was one of the things that was frustrating for me as a fan was all these like revelations. And even in that great after that great match, I, I propped that on the show, actually, like how great of a promo it was that he did backstage after he lost the ladder match it was a very impassioned promo, but he did the thing of like, this is a crazy week. You don't know what's going to happen. And hinting that he was going to be, be, be in the Royal rumble or whatever. There's all this speculation that doesn't pay off. Um, and it's nice to see that it's going to go away. Yeah. Um, the dark Knight said it best when you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And if Cody at this point thought that he deserved top pay, top guy money in a industry or a company that has Brian Danielson, CM Punk, uh, phenomenal tag teams like FTR, you're not moving the meter, anything close to what they are. So you're not a top guy. You don't deserve top billing and pay. What's crazy is if he would have let himself be the villain, he could have been that top guy. Cody, 
I think it was Sports Sports Illustrated even just put out an article today. Um, but it's something that we've all been talking about. If he would have embraced the heel persona, he would have been nuclear heat mm-hmm. right now. Like, I mean, he could have just, he could have leaned into that. Oh my God. They could have done whatever they want. He could have gotten his title run because they could have easily walked it back. They could have used this contract negotiation as an entire thing about it, but he refused to do it. He was too stubborn and... He just wanted to do too many things at once. You know, he tried to lean into it. And that was like a thing he would say at times, like lean into it. And he had this shirt that said, heel baby face winner and stuff. So he just tried to have everything both ways. And everything was overthought and underdelivered because it wasn't clear. And he didn't control his own narrative anymore. Um, And he just didn't do himself any favors. And the type of uh, uh, antics he was cutting in his promos and in the ring and just was difficult to watch. Um, again, not to plug my own shit, but it, I, I did liken it to the second season of Twin Peaks. Like it really was like this free fall of like this creative uh, clusterfuck. And it's just each week, it's a new weird angle and direction of where is this fucking thing going? So yeah, um, once, once Laura was gone, yeah, for, I uh, just, it, was, it's, it was over. Glad that it's over and glad that it's done. Um, oh, go on. Sorry. Uh, yes. And I was just going to say, but. Uh, let's look towards the future and what we think that this yes, that this actually exactly. what this means for us. Uh, so both for AEW and for Cody, what, what are your thoughts there, Chris? Um, so my initial thought was that he was going to do a Jericho type deal where he would appear in WWE for like a Saudi show, or he would do um, you know maybe he would do like a small program for Mania, but that would be it, and he would kind of come sporadic and be a free agent and balance that with reality shows and whatever the hell he's trying to do. Maybe he does some auditions and gets like an actual show or a movie. That was my thought of what it was going to be um, on the WWE side or future wrestling side. Um, but I think for AEW, they'll be fine. I mean, there's two weeks or so that he wasn't on the show. You didn't miss him. These last two weeks were some of the best episodes that were exciting, coherent, had multiple four-star matches or three-star matches, depending on how you rank things. It's a great show, and there's enough star power where you just don't need him. Uh, and hey, we don't need that extra entrance, so it's kind of nice too. You got that. I uh, I I feel like he's probably if he is going to WWE, it's not a long term thing. I don't see him signing four or five year deal there. I see it being like maybe a, a WrestleMania through SummerSlam type of a program, and then he'll disappear. And then whether it's going back to AEW or WWE, it just it seems like he'd be setting himself up for misery if he were to go long-term at WWE. Although there is also the interesting fact that WWE needs to prove to AEW talent that they want MJF, that they can treat them like stars. So it's kind of interesting that Cody's the first to jump because Vince has to fight that urge to get bored with him and you or want to bury him because he's from the other show now type of a thing. And I, I find that to be a really interesting kind of side of that as well. And uh, we'll see we'll see how how that all pays off. But we know he's he's always had some acting uh, desires as well. So we'll see if if that happens. He did put on uh, on his Instagram the other day that he is looking to see uh, or he's he's enjoying retirement. And it was a picture of his of his child. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But Sean, what were your thoughts for the future? Uh, you mentioned earlier WWE is the big winner. If they can snag him, you just 
get that little bait out there for the big fish like MJF, who knows, even maybe Wardlow or someone, a big dude like they would like uh, to come to the WWE from the AEW side. Um, in two, you have someone who was a EVP, a, a booker of at least his own demise. Um, you kind of have some philosophy into what's going on back there that you try and pick and choose from them. In AEW, there's more showtime for better wrestlers, less time on that entrance. So both are really kind of coming out a winner. Cody, just hopefully the best for him. All right. Two things I wanted to get into too. So first I think, yeah, it, it makes sense for them to um, do a great job with them. So it's a good siren song for AEW folks like a Brian Cage or Ward or MJF who could jump that have a viable chance to jump. But the thing is though, is like every wrestler is going to be like, nah, not me. I'll still get over. Like, I, I think they still will think that, or they'll be so charmed by the fact that they grew up as WWE fans, they'll still want to jump and risk it. Like, part of me thinks it doesn't even matter how much they do or will fuck up on this. Um, the other thing I wanted to go into is, what do you think the fans' reaction would be if he comes out tonight? Like, they're going to be happy to see him because it's a surprise and it's a new guy, but what do you think the reaction's going to be long-term? Are they going to turn on him like they did in the EW? Comes out on Raw tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's say let's say he did. I don't know if he is. I mean, who knows? I, I I mean, the WWE sound team would pump in a lot of cheers, I'm sure, but I think it would be primarily positive. I'd have to think. I I think it would be positive originally, and I think I think especially if he came out and and they put him against like a Roman right after Mania, where he can talk about you know, how he's been away and watching Roman just be this, you know, awful person and blah, blah, blah. I think, I think that they could get him over early. I think it depends long-term. I think, I think short-term, it's not that difficult for him to get cheered by WWE fans, but long-term it depends on how they book him. And my guess is that he's not going to want to be a heel. If he, if he didn't want to be a heel in AEW where he could have been the heel, why would he want to be a mid-card heel in WWE? Yeah, and where do you think he lands on the pecking order, too? Like, you got Brock and Roman, who get all the attention. Ronda and Charlotte will get attention, too. And then Becky gets some, too. But then after that, like, on the men's side, like, he's going to be below Bobby Lashley. He's going to be below Randy Orton, possibly below Seth Rollins and Riddle. Pre-show. He's on the pre-show, and that's probably it. Yeah, if any, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a real world chance that he redebuts as Stardust at, at WrestleMania. Like that's not outside of the realm of possibilities, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, and I, so, and that's what's sad though. It's like it's God, nice. all the talk he made to like go, and, and you, you talked about it, but that would just be sad of like all the hyperbole, all the running your mouth, and you're back doing a thing with Miz. Like, what if God help him if that's what he ends up it, doing? Yeah, that would be sad. And then also, I I just wanted to make one other point about the future, and then let's move on. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> but uh, but just about with with the future. Looking at AEW's roster right now, even losing Cody, there's still guys that I would love to see get more time that aren't going to have time. So, the, as a loss from like a talent standpoint, it gives a little bit more time to like to allocate elsewhere. But they could afford to lose another name or two kind of from the top, really, to be honest. I don't know who that person is, and I don't really want to get into that speculation. But there, it's crowded right now in terms of people that could be contenders for the world title. 
especially as a company that doesn't like to do short reigns. It's it's not really that big of a of a problem for AEW minus perception. That's that's the way I see it. So let's go back to as we were talking about some other news that's gone on this week that shockingly was a little bit overshadowed. Uh, first being potential of Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to the ring for an actual match for the first time in what is it twenty years officially? I think it was was O two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, against. Uh, one of our favorites, Kevin Owens, and somebody who's been cutting promos against the state of Texas. He uses the stunner. It kind of all makes sense. What are your guys' thoughts there? I mean, I I love the idea in theory. Um, I hope he's healthy. You don't know how much he can do if it's an actual match or if it's just Owens eating a stunner. I think that's what they'll probably go with, which kind of sucks in a way, too. Um, I mean, I want to see him. It's going to be fun. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. You, I don't know if you guys have seen Austin live. It's fucking incredible. Just like it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge pop. He's going to get probably the biggest reaction out of anyone. Uh, and it'll be fun as fuck to see him come out there, but like, then the bell's got to ring. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you said, I've never seen him live. So that'll be cool to check that off my childhood bucket list. But once we get into the match, we'll, we'll actually see what happens. But uh, it'll be cool. It'll probably be stupendous. It'll, it'll yeah. really check that mark for them. So <laughs> it'll just be cool to see, but not, nothing looked great. Cannot wait to hear the glass break. Yes. Uh, that's something that we've never gotten to experience, Sean, as well as being in the Jerry Dome for that with that many people. Texas. That'll, you know, just to be able in to give that, be a part of that, that pop in Texas. Everything about that's going to be perfect. I will say that uh, Stone Cold seems to me to be one of those guys, and I, I know he said something similar where he's like, I would never return if I didn't think I could go. He's not somebody who's just going to go chase that paycheck. So if it's a match, I'm actually going to go into it with belief and kind of benefit of the doubt that that'll be a solid match at least. But I I, I would struggle to believe that if it was just going to be a quick segment that they'd be pumping this up as they are because they could have done that without. They could have just said Stone Cold's going to be a guest at WrestleMania, and then Kevin Owens comes out, cuts a promo about Texas. He comes out, gives them the business, and then chugs some beers. So I, I actually think that this will be a real match, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, but on, on, on the, uh, the same, same idea though, legends who uh, went too long in wrestling, Undertaker will be well not retiring, but he'll be uh, entering the Hall of Fame, which hopefully means that he is fully retired. Uh, also home state of Texas, another guy who I've never fully seen make an entrance or anything like that at a wrestling show. I've been there when they hit the gong and then nothing happened. So I, I hope that I know typically they have them come out and do, you know, just a wave thing, but I kind of hope they do something special because it's undertaker. Cause I want to be a part they of will, yeah. feeling him, they have to. feeling him walk to the ring and, and doing all of that or, or something like that. So what were you guys' thoughts on that? It's a long entrance. It's awesome. It's cool, but it's a long entrance. And we were talking before the show of like uh, how people have pointed out that Elimination Chamber had like 90 minutes of wrestling or an hour of wrestling or something like that in a three-hour show. It's going to eat up 15 minutes of just him walking. Like, I'm not exaggerating. It's fucking cool and you're there live. But if you're watching at home, you're going to be like, okay, 
And he's probably is like, like, cause he's a headliner. He's going to do something. Uh, he's not going to like tombstone everyone or beat up on Pete Rose again, but he's going <laughs> to uh, be out there and do an appearance and have his music. So it'll be cool, but uh, definitely don't need to see him work again. Yeah. I imagine he gets elevated up like halfway through the, the ramp and then kind of does something in the ring with the, the urn, but It'll be cool just to see some of that entrance. Um, I'm sure a lot of that segment's going to be a bathroom break, but uh, good for him. He, and hopefully this means retired and done for good. No no more coming back. Who do you want to see him induct uh, Taker? Um, Shawn Michaels. Kane. Kane. I want to see Vince uh, do it. Vince, that's he never will. He's, I think, come out and said that. Like, he... Hates to be. Well, Vince did Austin. Did he? So yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. I I part of me has wondered if Taker would even actually give a speech. But I feel like the fact that he went on that tour last year of doing podcasts and stuff like that makes me think that he probably will. Yeah. But prior to all of that happening, I would have said that I didn't expect him to give a Hall of Fame speech. And thank God they don't let they don't let fans at that anymore, right? Hopefully not. I know last year there wasn't, but that was COVID. But I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure they're going to be at SmackDown. No, that's right. It's going to be like it's going to be like a double show. They're going to do SmackDown and then do. I think that's what it was. It's like SmackDown and Uh um, Hall of Fame because I know they don't want to do that because of the Bret Hart things and just how dipshitty fans get about screaming during it. And I know they kind of wanted to get away from that but i think it is gonna i swear to god i thought i saw something with that we will, we're not we will going be, to that part we'll be having much but, better friday night <laughs> yes, we're, not, we're not doing that <laughs> no, no 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 yeah we'll we'll be uh at indie shows by then but um all right well let's transition out of the news and move into uh match of the week with a future hall of famer and, and an up-and-comer in AEW. we all had the same match brian danielson versus lee moriarty Chris, what were your thoughts? Love the match. Four stars. Uh, we talked about last week speculating, will he just uh, teach him a lesson? Will he kick his ass? What kind of story in the match are they going to tell? Um, yeah, I mean, Danielson got what, like 80% of the offense, 70% of the offense, but let Lee fire up at the right moments. Uh, we all love that weird fucking crazy ass crab move they did where they were like both upside down and punching each other. Uh, Storyline of the match, though, Danielson slapping him multiple times to get Lee fired up, and Lee at the end did, and then Danielson just kicked his fucking head off. <laughs> Beautiful story. <laughs> it was a it was a great match. I thought, like you said, Danielson had you know eighty percent of the offense in it, but still somehow they made Lee Moriarty look really good. Uh, makes me hope that they're going to keep having him have matches on TV, as well as hoping that. He ends up being a part of whatever this there has to be, even if it's not Ambrose or, oh my gosh, I'm glad there's not a punishment on that. That's oh be man. Never I discussed it. No, we've never, we've never discussed oh, it. Oh I'll, man. I'll donate my Patreon money this month. Cause we don't have a Patreon. So, um, um, but, uh, <laughs> Moxley. Wow. That was, I don't like that. I did that. Um, so anyways, I, even if it's not Moxley and Danielson, uh, I I feel like there's got to be somebody that shows up at Revolution, maybe a Samoa Joe or uh, even CM Punk after the MJF stuff. Who knows? Uh, 
but I feel like that has to be a stable that's going to happen. It just seems too perfect not to. And I hope that Lee Moriarty is a part of that because, uh, Chris, you kind of covered pretty much everything that I have to say about the match, but, uh, it just awesome showing. And I, I think that that's like when it's really special in, in wrestling is when you see these guys where like, I I've been a Lee Moriarty fan, but he still kind of surprised me like that, that spot where they were upside down in that crab position, punching each other. I was like, that is so cool. And, um, hope to see more. Sean, do you have anything to add? Um, no, you guys said a great, just great catch wrestling. Um, at the end, when he kind of did that little fan vote, was he saying that Moriarty didn't pass the test then because he lost? Or I don't know. But the, we didn't really get to talk about it. We're not talking, going to talk about it in the moment of the week. But uh, that post-match segment with Mox, that was that was great. Um, I love that line of, I don't stand side by side with nobody till I bleed with them. Some neckbeard fans going to get that tatted across their chest and feel feel proud about it. That That just really stung and that was great it's badass um i the there that is some good thinking of uh trying to avoid the the moxley match if just trying to to team up with him but i definitely hope that like you were saying that we do see some formation of a a tag team of pure violence and pure wrestling yeah i hope they have a match of revolution i mean i hope they do that and then maybe they form whatever stable um because the only other option is having them team up and be in the third battle royal for the tag team spot or second battle royal that they have planned. Like, and it doesn't work out. So hopefully they do have their match at Revolution. That's an easy uh, marquee match. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to our our moment of the week, Chris. What was yours? All right. So horrible show, horrible match, but fun moment. Uh, Brock Lesnar's antics in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, we talked before about as like a group, right? Like how cool it is to see CM Punk happy again. Brock seems like he's having the time of his fucking life. Like this run, he just seems to be genuinely enjoying it. And you see him more of a comedic sign. As we all know, I'm not a fan of comedy and wrestling for the most part. But boy, did Brock make me laugh. Uh, Elimination Chamber. The thing that got me was when he went up to Lashley's pod and he kind of like blew like a kiss on it and got like, uh, you know, got the... Uh, uh, steam going and then he put a little X on it and just just great little answers like that he doesn't like riddle in real life so he completely no sold him and ignored him and walked by and then when he went by AJ he was like buffing his trying to tuck his chest in and like trying to stamper by and then in the actual match it was terrible because he just beat the shit out of everyone and he squashed everyone uh, and no one got any offense in and made them all look like jabronis. But Austin Theory, he threw off from the top of the pot. <laughs> it just looked fucking insane. Yeah, no. Austin threw it up there. I was like, oh, my God. And you get to see, like, how freaky his athleticism is. Like, him climbing up the chamber was fucking nuts. Now, the bad side of all that, I think the Elimination Chamber as a gimmick now is completely dead. Uh, it's been dead for a while. I think that match with Braun Strowman kind of like poked some holes in it when he did the same thing and just manhandled everyone in seconds and then Roman beat him real quick and it was over. Like they got to rethink that match. Like it's just not effective anymore and it's in a weird place in the part start of the year. And I don't know. I just, it's not working anymore, but uh, Brock having a hell of a good time. Oh, and then at the end, he was just like poking his balls and stuff. It was great. Like he was selling the... <laughs> Uh, ball shot by Austin Theory, and he just made a lot of, uh, you know, ball juggling and you know grabbing his groin and shit. He just was like a complete ham, having a good time, not giving a fuck. That's an interesting Brock Lesnar. It's it's funny to see. It's definitely something we never 
never saw from him before. He, him running up a cage or climbing, jumping is like watching a grizzly bear climb up a tree. Just oh god, unnaturally okay. fast and just almost disgusting. But man, oh man, he's he's a beast. He's the beast. I I loved. I didn't see it, but I just it makes me think of the way you're describing it. I remember a couple of years ago when he won Money in the Bank and he was carrying around the briefcase like a boombox. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, just boombox rock. Yeah. I loved. That was great. I I love it. He just has fun. Uh, and speaking of fun, yeah. there's gonna be a fun match at Revolution. CM Punk versus Woo. MJF in a dog collar match. Uh, that was both my moment of the week and Sean's. Sean, I'll let you start. Uh, what were your thoughts about it? What made a match of the week or moment of the week for you? Um, it just finally something was able to shut up MJF. That was the perfect, the way he came out and was just speechless, just shocked. He was caught in, his, in a trap that he tried to set. It was great. We've we've seen a, a really good die collar match with the person we started off this show with, Cody and uh, Brody Lee. So that's awesome. Um, the way he kind of broke it down with the Greg Valentine being around Valentine today and the Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper. It's perfect. Will you be my Valentine? Uh, makes me want to go back, watch that match. And also uh, his dog collar match with, I think it was in ring of honor with Raven. Just, it's going to be yep. a brutal match. It's going to be gross. It's going to be bloody, but it's going to be fucking cool. So can't wait to see it. What did you think? Yeah. I loved the, uh, the tie in with Valentine's day and Max, will you be my Valentine and, and breaking it out? Max coming out and just not even having anything to say and just the fear on his face. The first time in, oh, how long is, is it two and a half years, essentially, we could say two and a half years that somebody has been able to shut up uh, MJF. I thought that was really cool. And even if Punk ends up losing this feud, the fact that he'll have that moment kind of makes it really worth it all really there. Um, and then beyond that, I, I only have one small complaint and it's just me being a, a Brody fanboy. I kind of don't like that. They're already doing another dog collar match. Like I kind of almost want to let that dog collar match be the only one for a while. Uh, Brody versus Cody. Um, I just, I, I'm not a huge dog collar match person. And I was, I was shocked by how much I enjoyed the original one that happened. So I think that's part of it too, where I was like, I, I I've already been surprised by it once. I don't necessarily, want to see another one although i have zero doubt that these two can pull that off if there's anybody on the roster that really can it's probably these two so um it's going to be a good match my own just my own sentimental reasons i kind of would have liked to have seen them hold off a little bit on on running back dog collar matches chris yeah my own like weenie thing as a fan was like i hated when when mjf ran out into the crowd and he chased him around and up and down the the ramps and stuff like that i was like oh it's so cheesy but now it makes sense there was a perfect payoff for that um and uh, yeah all the talk of piper and invoking him for so many weeks this is a perfect payoff for it and uh it'll be a classic match i don't know how they can not deliver with that like will it be five stars who knows but still it'll be a really really solid match and it'll be uh, a different type of hardcore match because they like to do hardcore stuff on pay-per-views. Yeah, and I did love that Punk acknowledged the pitfalls of a steel cage match and all of those things and kind of why he chose not those. I thought that that was a nice little tie-in to just to kind of talk about how there's the opportunity to escape or there's also the opportunity for Wardlow can can climb the climb the cage still so that doesn't really protect him. 
I was starting to think, are they going to do their own version of Hell in a Cell or something like that before before he uh, pulled out the uh, dog collar? So it just makes sense. Like everything in the whole feud makes perfect sense, and it was mm-hmm. well done and executed to perfection. It was. Um, now let's go to the opposite of executed to perfection. Cringe of the week, Chris. I've got some bones to pick with yours, so let's start with you. Oh, I was like, what the fuck Ooh. was my cringe of the week? Maybe it's <laughs> that right there. I forgot mine. So uh, Tony Khan promising that there's a big surprise and announcement coming. Not the end of the world, but I just don't want him to be too repetitive of that. He brought up, uh, I think in an interview, how disappointed and deflated he was when Vince was revealed to be the uh, higher power back in 1999. Uh, the ratings did go down this week, so I hope that wasn't just like a cheap ratings ploy. Um, and he's not just promoting something because you can only cry wolf so many times. And if everything is a big deal, everything is a big announcement, everything is a big surprise and nothing's important anymore. Hopefully it is a big deal. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on what you think that is. But first, Alex, shit on my uh, hatred of that. Well, I, I'm a little upset because I was hoping you would say a couple of other things that could have really set me off. Oh, okay. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think for me, because I've seen this take quite a bit lately that Tony just uses this as a way to boost ratings, blah, blah, blah. But there's a, there's a couple of caveats to it that, first of all, as long as he's delivering, he could surprise me every week. I don't care. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's the big thing. And he hasn't right out said it because he doesn't want to bury Christian. But he's kind of hinted around to like, I understand that I oversold Christian. And that to me is the important thing. The fact that he doesn't want to be Vince as the higher power, that type of stuff is where I, I, I would 100% agree if he, was, if he continued to do this. And even to be honest, if we didn't get Jay White, which I know was the, that was kind of an add-on later because he, he screwed up. I would have said that the Keith Lee debut was a little bit of a disappointment the way that it was announced and the way that he sold it. I still would have been excited to see Keith Lee, but the fact that we got Jay White with Keith Lee, that made it worth the way that he he sold the surprise there. And the other so, thing that I want to cite too is I would love for AEW to be, a, or Dynamite, or I guess not really Rampage because it's taped usually, but I would love for Dan- Dynamite to be a show that you can't miss it because you know that there could be a surprise at any time. But we know after the Sting debut, TNT specifically told AEW no more of that. Like we want you to, we want you to kind of tease these or announce surprises because we want to get the ratings for it that week. So I can't even really blame him and say like, you should just make it seem like anything could happen every week. And then you, you know, and then people will watch, you have to tease the surprises. And as long as you're delivering, like what's the difference between a promoter promoting matches versus promoting surprises or debuts and things like that. So that's where, when I see that take, it it kind of frustrates me because I don't think it's a cheap thing as long as he's not having Papa Shango show up or something like that. No, that, no, that'd be fucking cool. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I just because <laughs> he loves ECW so much and that's how he grew up as a fan. They did beat that like a dead horse. So just hopefully he doesn't do that. But that's but that's what made Nitro so much watch TV when they first debuted and did their thing until '97 or so. Was it you didn't like you said you didn't know what to expect each week that you watched it. So, Sean, what's in the box? What do you think is the big surprise? What do you think it's going to be? If we're talking old Nitros, Dennis Rodman, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe and then uh, on, come on to fucking dynamite. <laughs> hey. Um, I don't know. I maybe Samoa Joe like 
yeah, I think you mentioned earlier, um, that'd be my greatest get. I don't know that there's any one former WWE that I'm overly anticipating for other than maybe Ember Moon, but I don't know. That's quite massive. So I gathered that this news was actually not a signing. So that to me, I think, I think the most likely is something like a new Japan super show, something like that, or maybe the UK tour that they've been talking about wanting to do. Chris, I could see that you're pointing at something you can tell the, you could tell the people yourself. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, or my own, my own personal desire more than anything would be that they're doing a Funko line of AEW superstars because I would love to start collecting those. So selfishly, that's what I want it to be. I think it's probably a new Japan thing. What was your, I I have a bullet club shirt on. I'm, I'm guessing that maybe he bought the rights to bullet club or leases the rights to have them be in America because that's what this feud is pushing. And they've even mentioned Bullet Club on TV. The other logical thing I think it could be is that for the Owen tournament, um, there's going to be New Japan involvement. And maybe it's going to be just a shitload of people. Like it's going to be a 64-man field or a 32-man field or something like that where there's so many wrestlers competing. Um, I think it's one of the two. But I'm guessing there is some sort of New Japan involvement. The thing is, though, uh, and this is not my thought. I heard this in a comment or read it in a comment section. Their roster is so goddamn loaded right now. They don't really need New Japan. Like, I love it. I think it's great because I love Jay White and I love like Ishii and Suzuki and all those guys. But, like, you, they don't need them right now with all the players they have. Like, Kyle O'Reilly, you can do shit with him for weeks. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> exactly. And I actually even thought, because I continuously uh, choose to be wrong and guessing this every single time that there's a new uh, rumor of some type of news i always guess they're finally going to hbo max it makes sense with oh, Warner Media. Yeah. what if that'd be cool hear me out okay what if he also got the rights to the new japan library in the u.s to where like that's how they're kind of they're they're bundling that within hbo max too because AEW still only has about two years worth of content so what if they're going to also put new japan world which would be amazing because that site is not my favorite to try to navigate and I hate that it logs me out every time I use it. Every time. And I what can't remember gonna... Sean's fucking password. It's, um... <laughs> uh, so that's if if the announcement is HBO Max, I really hope that it also is coming with New Japan or something like that, because that would be uh, ideal. But there's zero reason to believe that that's actually the case. So. Uh, Speaking of anticipating things and things we're looking forward to, let's move ahead to the anticipation of the week or of what's to come over the next month. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to talking about Sean's cringe of the week. <laughs> oh my God. I am Jeez. just. That's fine. We could get past mine as quick. No, as no, no. I don't know why. I didn't even, didn't even do mine. I got so excited about that. Uh, Sorry. No. So, Sean. It was clearly besides, it was clearly besides my hosting today. What's your cringe of the week? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a pretty big cringe after all, but <laughs> even smaller, it's just, uh, I saw on PW insider, the possibility of the backstage news of Logan Paul being the Mrs. Tag team partner, not even Cody. It's even worse than Cody. So it's got me even wanting Cody at WrestleMania. Um, I'm sick of the balls. Um, I mean, good for them for fucking around with Dana White and trying to improve UFC fighters' lives, but I don't want to see Logan Paul. That's not why I paid money to go to see the WrestleMania. So, anything from you guys? Uh, yeah, he's a he's a 
veteran of WrestleMania. How many? So Sean, Sean, how many fucking uh, uh, WrestleMania has uh, has Suzuki wrestled at? You said, oh damn, you got me, you got me. Exactly, so we're paying money for this. Like, this is something to celebrate. <laughs> I'd rather see Johnny Knoxville. Uh, that's gonna happen too. That's just sad as well. Yeah. Like. Yes. Nakamura had the belt for five years and he never got to defend it. And then, then the first time he does, he loses it to Sami Zayn so he could wrestle a guy that is not safe to do jackass stunts anymore. Right. Ah. Okay. Awful. I just, this, what sucks is this means that Logan Paul is eventually going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Him and Kid Rock, baby. It hurts. Oh, man. It hurts. And then my my cringe of the week is uh, speaking of the Miz, his former tag partner that got let go so that Logan Paul could you know the guy who who ran so Logan Paul could fly, uh, <laughs> John Morrison, as uh, he finally reappeared in AAA this past weekend for a, a wrestling show and his nick his new name is just John Superstar. Why not go back to Johnny Mundo? Or literally anything other than John's become be Boone the bounty hunter. Boone. Yeah, definitely. Like John's superstar is it's like he's not even trying at this point. I keep seeing a bunch of people saying they want to see him become Johnny Dynamite, Johnny Elite. I would hate that. Uh, no. Love the guy in terms of his parkour skills and uh his, you know, C list acting but I do not need to see him on wrestling television anymore. He was great on survivor. I, I loved him on that, but um, do not need to see him wrestle again. Sean, just focus on the Boone two sequel and that's it. That's all we need. We, uh, we've been asking for it. Praying for it. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. And discussing awareness. All right. Now let's try the anticipation again. <laughs> Chris, what are you looking forward to now? You hosting next week. <laughs> Jesus, good grief. I called Mox Amber. Oh, my God. Can't even do not- it. I love just, man, just beating you while you're down. It's fun. All right. So for my anticipation of the week, I'm anticipating the road to WrestleMania. I'm still sentimental about this shit. I'm going to watch every WrestleMania now that there's. I think we got like, what, 38 days left or 37 days left before we fly out to Dallas. So I'm going to watch it in the background during the day. I've been watching stuff for WrestleMania 4 today. So that was what I was doing. I still get sucked up into it. I'm going to watch Raw and probably vomit from the shaky cam and uh, have a lot of snarky things to say. But I'm still a sucker. I'm actually like the problem. I've noticed that. Like, I think I joked about it one time in an article. But like, I'm the fucking problem if, if like, like if you're a hardcore wwe fan you must hate me because i like watching brock lesnar i'm okay with roman reigns having a five-year long reign and i like ronda rousey so like i must be the <laughs> shittiest fan if you're a wwe stan but they're just the best stars and like it sucks that you know there's no character development anywhere but eh, whatever no we need to get you a like uh, wrestlemania advent calendar and each day you can pull out your uh premium live event that you need uh i can't wait to go i'm i'm begging for a vacation and it's gonna be a fun time down in dallas yeah that admin calendar has ico pro each day <laughs> just a little shot <laughs> just to keep you going yeah. <laughs> but um sean what is your anticipation i'm uh 
going back with some big men. I'm uh, I like uh, some beef slamming uh, face of the revolution match they're setting up. We got Wardlow, yeah. Keith Lee. Now um, Big Willie Hobbs is in there. Uh, I feel sorry for if there's going to be like two more people. If if they're under 250 pounds, I feel sorry for them because they're probably going to get smashed off the top of a ladder. It's going to be going to be brutal. It's going to be fun, and I just can't wait to see how it goes down. Changes the yeah. dynamic. You got a lot of bases to hold those uh, ladders for some crazy yeah. stunts, though. Yeah, reinforce those ladders. Don't gimmick them. It's funny because like you thought Dante Martin would wear because it's like, okay, well, he needs yeah. to fly around and do shit like that. But I, I love the idea that just being big guys as just a complete change of pace. Like you could have Lance Archer. Um, I think that's the Who's end left? of their big guys, though. Yeah. Miro. <laughs> Jake Hager. Um, Miro. Miro. Jake Hager. Cesar okay. Benoni. Uh, yeah. J.D. Uh, Drake. J.D. Drake. J.D. Drake, yes. Good thing there. Yeah, no one under 300 pounds. I would love that. I, I was surprised. I, I wanted Hobbs to win that match, um, but I did not expect him to. So I'm glad to see that they that they pulled the trigger on him there. And then my anticipation is that they, they officially announced that for Revolution, it's going to be Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker yeah. for the, the women's title. And I'm excited. Obviously, we saw their uh, unsanctioned match or lights out, whatever it was called, back in what was that May? Maybe was that before fans came back? It was May of twenty. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like right before, like the full, like you know, fans in the arena type of a thing. And that match was was awesome. But I'm really looking forward to this. First of all, because you know Thunder Rosa doesn't really have bad matches. Britt really hasn't in a long time either. They're, she's pretty good too, but. I feel like one thing with the AEW women's division is a lot of their best matches so far have been these hardcore matches. You even look back to December with uh, Ty Conti and uh, Anna Jay versus uh, who was it? Jamie Hayter and the was bunny. that Mercedes? You got it. No. Yeah, or the bunny. What no. was that? Penelope Ford. Penelope. Yeah, it was Penelope. You and always uh, forget her. I, yeah, I just cannot remember Come her name. Um, but you see like a lot of their, their top matches have been, these kind of extreme rules type matches for the women. So I'm looking forward to seeing like a, a more traditional wrestling match because I believe that these two can pull it off. And then hopefully we get to see Athena formerly known as Ember moon uh, debut somewhat soon, either before or after that don't necessarily need her to go for the title right away because you don't want to hot shot anybody there. But uh, I know that Athena and Thunder Rosa actually just had a match uh, on the Indies as well. So they've got some chemistry already built up. Would love to see her be a challenger fairly early on. So, do you guys have any thoughts about that? I can't wait to see this match. I think uh, Thunder Rosa looks really fucking cool in her Kill Bill outfit. That was awesome. Yeah. Yep. That was just the shit. That was cool. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, though, they've had too many uh, violent gimmick matches lately uh, that were the big marquee women's matches. So, I'm looking forward to just a traditional wrestling match because uh, Serena Deeb and Cheetah had that fantastic one. And uh, Britt Baker can go on pay-per-view. So it'll be a great match and it'll be fun to see them have some shine and get the spotlight. And that's going to be one of the big uh, marquee matches. Definitely. Definitely marquee. And add in, add in Athena or whatever her name is, Ember Moon. That'll bolster that women's division and just make it great. Can't wait to see it. Athena. Yeah. Athena and then Tony Storm should be a free agent not too long after. Please. So I uh, can kind of strengthen that 
strengthen that division off quite a bit. Jamie Hayter is going to turn at some point too. There's a lot of stuff that you can do at the women's division right now. That's very entertaining. Serena Deeb's getting a huge push. Jade Cargill's got the Goldberg push going like a lot of good shit going on right now. I loved her Joker outfit that she's been uh, rocking with the money signs on it. Oh yeah. Oh, the Riddler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at me today. I, I just need to take a nap. Tomorrow's a better day. Good grief. Well, thankfully, that'll wrap up the show for this week. Once again, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Visit us at WrestlingLeadus.com for our latest match reviews and articles. Help support the show and the website by sharing our content with the rest of the internet wrestling community. Maybe don't share this episode. Uh, Finally, if you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to address on the podcast, hit us up in the comments section wherever you stream your podcast or email us through WrestlingElitist.com. Rick Rude. Hit the music. Hit the music.